0: Would I say that time kind of moves faster as you get older? <laughs> Have you been ex- experiencing that? Does it feel like time's going faster?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Although I spend a lot, I spend a lot of time um, when i ke- walking and and looking at nature, and I've watched spring emerge. It feels like it's come pretty slowly this year, and I think that's because we've had some really cold weather quite late. Um, so I'm just waiting for the world to explode, and then it will feel like oh my lord, it's summer already and and where's the year gone? So there's a kind of di- a tension there between um, the fact that I feel just generally you know, like time just just days. I, I found myself going back to bed thinking, oh my god, it's it's bedtime again. How did that happen?
0: <laughs> and <laughs> by the way, there is no bed. there is no the summer in the UK. Do you know that? There's no summer in the UK. <laughs> So,
1: okay my version of summer <laughs> leaves on trees flowers Let me just
0: clear that up for the listeners there is no summer in the uk there's there's what winter and spring i guess and that's it that's all we no, <laughs> actually it's more like yeah it's winter and spring that's enough that's all we get two seasons no more um there, like so we have more days behind us than we have ahead of us which is a scary proposition to think about and i was looking at like um the you know if you go by the the average you know lifespan in the uk for a male i think is 82 i think it's slightly higher for women so uh, i'll be 55 i don't have that much time there so yeah, I yeah. Got, you know i i don't have a whole lot of time if i'm if i was the average then you know i don't have a whole lot of time left 30 years is all i got left
1: well it's just interesting because that's really dawned on me this year um i too am 55 and i just had a birthday and this is the time that i've realized that all of those things that i said i'd do if i don't get and do them they're not going to happen
0: so yeah that's what it What's what's one of your things that you wanted to do that you haven't done i
1: i want to um ride across dartmoor on a horse i want to go to the rockies um and I think probably I want to be prime minister. We'll have to qualify whether that one's possible or not in the time allowed. So
0: this is kind um, of like your bucket list, is it?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Although I, I don't I don't have a conscious bucket list. I did something that I'd never done before at the beginning of this year. I went on a retreat, which I promised myself to do. And I'd never done anything like that before. absolutely loved it. I went on a four-day retreat in Devon. And so it's those sorts of things that have been on the long list of Really like to get around to getting to do that, you know. And actually, suddenly there's this thought, actually, it's now.
0: It's now or never. Now I get it. I think it was a bucket list. Do I have a, I don't yeah, I think I might have a bucket list somewhere. I think the biggest things are in my mind, the things that I need to get around to is my yacht in Marbella. I
1: was going to say, when are we going to hear about
0: the yacht? <laughs> so my, my yacht in Marbella, which is just metaphorically, I can, yeah you know, being a digital nomad, which, You know, when I really look at it, apart from, well, I guess, you know, if I was, if both people in your partnership wanted to be digital nomads, that works. But if you don't have that, it doesn't work. Because there's really literally nothing that really stops me from being a digital nomad right now, because most of my work I do from the computer anyway. So I don't need to be in this gray, wet, (laughs) cold country. Uh, But that's a whole other story. So that's there. And... I need to resume traveling. So I had this thing about wanting to, um, you know, go to want to go to every continent. And then I've been checking off uh, all the countries as well. So trying to see as many of those as I can. And for a while there, we travel quite a lot, but of course uh, the pandemic kind of slowed a lot of that Mm -hmm. down and um, yeah. And and, uh, because I've done everything, that's reasonable near us, That other things become further, which requires more sort of financing and longer mm. time, time. Um, to, uh,
1: and you to have a that. bit of an American attitude towards time off, I think, which is that you don't necessarily take that much of it at once.
0: No, it's a weird old thing that is that whole, you know, taking this time off. <laughs> but this is it. But this is why and I was I was writing about uh, this very thing today, and in fact, if I can find it for you in like two seconds, wow. um, that I was, that, that's always been my, my aspiration is this. And it's, it's, a, it's a, a quote that's attributed to, and I call this, this is my holy grail that I've been chasing for years. And it's a, a quote that's a, attributed to James Missioner. And he says, the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing. To him, he's always doing both. that is my holy grail. And for me, that means no retirement, which is our other subject that we wanted to talk about, because that would mean that's it. I'm done. I'm finished with life if I, uh, I retire. And so this is I mean, what I've been chasing.
1: Well, this kind of resonates with the era that we're in, isn't it, really? Because we're coming out of this, the 20th, 20th century manufacturing mindset where we are all effectively machine-like, you know, making... On the production line, stamping, fixing, turning, whatever the action that people did on the production line, and we're moving into this era of digital transformation. Have moved into the era of digital transformation, and we we're looking forward, are we, to a period where we are actually allowing the machines to do the heavy lifting, and uh, and we are able to be less, uh, not you know, committed to the drudgery of of, uh, of the nine to five and the, the sort of slaved. To the wage mindset and freeing ourselves up to do other things
0: wasn't that always the promise of technology though but it never materialized because i don't think it's going to materialize now but I mean, that was the promise of technology oh you know get a washing machine because you know it'll save you so much time <laughs> yeah you know get get a microwave saves you so much time but i think all these technological things while on the surface seem like they'll save us time we just replace them with something else to to steal our time. And it's, about a,
1: it's a recalibration of what's valuable, isn't it? Um, you know, so uh, and how and how we reward uh, activity. I think you know, if, if we we're part of that very very kind of red in tooth and claw capitalist mindset that says more for less, more for less, more for less, then you know, yeah, having a washing machine to mean oh, I can put the wash in and do three other things um if you know in five minutes and and that's great i can move at speed and, and i personally i do um
0: i don't see that going away I, I mean one of the big things is that if you're not doing a thousand things and you're not being productive and you're wasting time people seem to like be being busy seems to be a badge of honor if you're doing loads of things I don't have time for this because i've got a billion other things that that, that I'm doing, where, as you're saying, if if technology is meant to be doing what it's doing, we should, should even now, have more time. But mm. it seems that that time that we could have, we fill it with something. Always got to be doing something. Companies always want you to do more. People always demand more, 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 and convince us psychologically that we should be doing more, 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 otherwise you're wasting time.
1: Yeah, I think I, I get that. You know, Yes, that mindset is dominant, isn't it? Um, and then I think, well, climate change, you know, more, more, more. And, and climate change, are those two ideas compatible? Um, so I think there are some big existential questions that we have to answer about future of work, future of the planet, um, that will recalibrate it. But just to bring it down to the more prosaic, you and I were – thinking earlier about the idea of whether we do get to do other things with our time during our kind of day to day, you know, this Mm. idea, the rapid passage of time, how do we spend that time for ourselves?
0: Well, do you know what's crazy that, you know, I've been self employed now for 20 some odd years, but still, still in my brain, if it's 839 o'clock, you should be working until you know five o'clock but why is that i'm self-employed i can work w- whenever i kind of want to um i could do whatever i want through and throughout the day i could shift it around and work from midnight to five in the morning if i want and do whatever i want during the day but it's still that you know to, the you know, it's just been so ingrained that you know i feel guilty if i go to the movies at Noon, knowing that I could very well just, you know, those two hours that I spend at the movies in the afternoon, I'll just do two more hours in the evening. What's the difference?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I was actually thinking about that this morning when I was out for a walk. A beautiful morning, and I, I was thinking to myself, "Well, I better hurry up, better hurry up," because you know, I need to get back. I need to get back, you know, because I've gone out a bit late. So I actually did some work before I went, which I don't normally do. So then I'm like, just like you, the mindset is the clock's ticking, get back, and I'm thinking. Exactly that. I'm self-employed. Um, I'm. I don't have anyone to answer to, apart from my clients. Um, uh, in but no one to answer to in the day-to-day, as it were. Um, and yeah, that mindset is very hard to shake, even on the where on the side of the fence where the grass is allegedly greener.
0: But mm. well, it's, it's, it's spread into us from the. You know, that's what the whole as you mentioned about the sort of industrial sort of mindset that we have you know even education is was built around that isn't it so you know they're like factory pieces kids still you know they all the same age groups they come in they get their stamp class of 2000 whatever and you move through school in that way and graduate yeah so it's like you're still that bit and i get you know back in the days when mom and dad were Working in the factories, you need somebody to look after, you know, the kids. So yeah, put them in school. <laughs> so um, yeah, then you know, then you just keep that rhythm, well, and then they could take yes, their and, mom's place.
1: And 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 also the idea that we we, we want to educate our ourselves and, and our future generations so that we're in a
0: you know, we? able
1: to create <laughs> the idea of progress. Well, I I think we do. We but but the I guess again the question is, what are we educating them? For, and I think that's become quite productive um, in the last 20 years, mostly because assessment's expensive and it's been made as cheap as possible. So p- kids are tested within an inch of their lives cheaply. Mm. Um, and, and so it, it's interesting that the conversation about the fact that employers are asking for skills that that children or young, young people aren't bringing, um, is, it's been ongoing for about a decade now because um, because of that disconnect between you know, a kind of knowledge-based approach and an actual much more broad-ranging capacity to think and um, connect, make connections and create possibilities, and you know, be be resilient and do all those things. I actually think these kids, the kids, now have to be super resilient because they are tested every fortnight. So they don't, if they can't handle that. They they're going to go under, and uh, that that that's underrated, I think, as a as an inhibitor to creativity and, and intellect but you
0: know but are they tested on as you say are they tested on the right things and that could be a whole nother discussion right there just the whole sort mm-hmm. of education thing and, and what are they you know what are they learning and being equipped for um uh, you know employers are saying hey you're sending these people are coming in they don't know how to do this even the ones coming out of university they you know they can't do some of the basic stuff you need them to do in the business um aspect so uh, it's kind of how do we line that stuff back up, but I think that that would probably be be a whole discussion yeah. <laughs> once again, I think, um so fifty we're in our fifties, um, and I was thinking about you know we're generation x and you know kinda. We're all into this space that some of us may have retired, but others, as we think, you know, retirement's coming up in 10 years or so. Um, And so I was curious to know, what is your, what is your thoughts on retirement and do you see yourself retiring? Well,
1: rather naively, I haven't really engaged very deeply with it other than the fact that I'm working because I need to make money in order to pay for my retirement um, as a sort of primary driver. Um, it's only very recently that I've begun to think, oh, no, I will stop. I will can I, can stop. I, before work. you
0: continue, can I ask, what did you say to pay for your retirement? What does that yeah. mean? We
1: well, because I was a bit slow getting started, so I didn't start.
0: Um, no, no, you're going to pay for what? What is that? You're going to pay for your retirement. What is that? I mean, you I'm going to have to an income start? in
1: my retirement.
0: Okay, so you can t- continue to live.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to be on your yacht and you're going to be fishing, and you won't need very much money because you <laughs> just if <laughs> people rides on your yacht and eat fish, you know, so that'd be fun. But um, yeah, and I, I, that that's that, that's something that's you know, it, it's it's something that means I'm now much more conscious of the fact that you know I need to do more in order to create that pension income. Um, uh, and it's a bit late in the day for that. Um,
0: but does that um, mean then, that when you say retirement, that you're not going to work, but you still need an income? So you're trying to you're trying to earn the money so that you can retire, i.e., not work anymore, but still mm. be able to spend.
1: I doubt it will be a a, a linear. You know, I don't it'll be an absolute moment that I stop work because of the nature of the work I do. I'm going to carry on, probably carry on doing work. At, um for 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 some time but i have friends who work incredibly hard in the nhs do brutal hours and and incredibly important work and they're basically living for the moment where they can jack it in and and take their take their pensions and they'll do that as far fast as they possibly can and they can't believe that me and my husband don't really even engage with the idea of when we're going to stop Um, Mm. so that that uh, but i am a bit more now
0: no, I get that. I mean where I I mean I foresee myself if I don't have to retire, I don't really that's not part of my it's not part of my game plan to retire. Because as that opening quote I read, you know, for me it's you know, the things that I'm doing it's the same as my play. So to retire means to stop playing for me, which was mm-hmm. the fun in that? So Unless I'm sort of, you know, yeah, unless I'm sort of incapacitated, I guess, um, I need a desire to continue going. I mean, I'm starting to, you know, shift what I do in terms of how I do it, you know, more writing, more digital stuff, more things that doesn't require me to, you know, get on a train or drive to some meeting somewhere. So. Uh, or stand in a class and deliver something. So I'm shifting, but fundamentally, you know, still being in that that development space continues. I'm just shifting in the way that I deliver that. But I would keep going until they mm. bury me in the ground. <laughs> so you know, that's I mean, that's my game plan.
1: And I, 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 as I say, I don't have a vision of, of stopping completely, stopping work. Um, and I, I but I, we, I think the thing that one sees happening is building in more time to do the personal things as opposed to the professional commitment things.
0: And the personal things being like what?
1: Like just to spend time in in recreation, doing stuff that you, you know, so, you know, going to, going out for the day, visiting, you know, going to sit up to Birmingham, going down to London, um, or going for very long walks or doing more things that, that are, um,
0: Leisure based.
1: Leisure based. Um, yeah. Obviously, I should build into this learning a foreign language, playing a musical instrument, um all of those extra things as well. So but,
0: you do have a bucket list, but you're gonna well, be you're gonna be on your deathbed by the time you get to start doing it. Well, I things. think my
1: bucket list is a bit exhausting, to be honest. Mm. So I think um no, I think that- I think I think there's some shoulds in there as opposed to really, you know, fundamentally want and would be great fun to do.
0: That's all the problems that I had with the retirement business is that all these things that are in your bucket list that you just listed out, you're putting them off until such time as you can retire. Whereas so the companies or whatever work, the concept of of work and most you know, most people work and you know, work employed, is that we get the best of you until you're no longer capable and you're all old and slow. We don't want you anymore anyway. So, yeah, go retire and go, you know, be uh, a man or lady of leisure. But, you know, you're not as sprightly to be climbing up mountains and doing things. Uh, exactly.
1: So if I'm going to so. climb up the Rockies, <laughs> i got to go soon. I mean, I really have had that thought process. Um, so, you know, otherwise I'm not going to be – I'm not going to be doing that and that is we we are you say trained to have the three-stage life, aren't we education work, retirement. And because we're all living so much longer, um, I think Linda Grattan's book 100 years life is really clear clear about this you know the expectation is that we're going to many more of us, especially those in uh, uh, in Western Europe and North America, are going to live very long lives. So we're not going to be able to live a three-stage life because this retirement bit, You know, we're 55 and we're saying we're more than halfway through. Well, actually, we might be actually, you know, only marginally more than halfway through in the future. Um, Or maybe, you know, maybe we already are and we are both destined to live till we're 100. uh, Exactly. So, but that I mean, and that throws up huge questions about what you do and how you fund what you do. And who's paying for that? Which is one of the reasons why the pension, the retirement age, keeps creeping up because the state pensions having to pay out for people to live longer, um, and uh, and that's that's a huge challenge. Mm. I, do, I do think also we haven't mentioned this, but we're both speaking from positions of a relative privilege in the sense that we both had, um, I think in your case, very hard won, but both had sophisticated educations and professional lives. And so we are relatively well off, and we can think like this about retirement, um, which is not something that that many people can do. And if you're a man in the UK now, you can't retire till you're 68. You know that that's huge. If you're if you're um, in any way incapacitated and you're expected to find your bread every day, and you're on a relatively low income, this is this is difficult stuff.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um,
1: so you know, whilst we sit here talking about how we want to spend our time in leisure, you know, the, 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 the majority of people are going to be thinking about how they survive and cope.
0: Yeah, well, I don't see myself in the leisure campaign. I do see myself working until I die. I mean, that's my game plan. Um, You're making
1: me feel guilty. Why? Wasting <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my time walking and riding and.
0: Going up mountains. <laughs> yeah, well, see, for me, and this is that thing. It's like building all of that into your work. I mean, if you look at some of the the Generation Z type things, you know, so a lot of them—not a lot, but you know—there's a, there's a, they've, they've kind of have, peeling away from how we were kind of molded and brought up to mm-hmm. do those three stage things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're quite happy to be. Did you do nomads at? and not go to university and all that for the sense that, you know, that's a waste of time to go and spend all that money and time to get a degree that you're, you know, you're not going to use or need. Uh Why not go out, see the world, live in a van? Uh, Ruth's brother's lived in, been living in the van for the last 10 years or so. He just... Mm-hmm got rid of the house and all that stuff bought a mm-hmm. van and does this sort of stealth van living mm-hmm. has so he hasn't lived in a house for 10 years now 10 12 mm-hmm. years um and he's quite happy with you know living in a van he drives finds a place to park <laughs> um and you know does that and and I've seen a, you know a lot of that kind of uh, I got another friend you know she is a digital nomad she was living in bali during the um pandemic she was fine because again just doing the work from the computer so uh, now i think she's in um croatia or somewhere so you know mm-hmm. no desire to get a house fly down roots and live that kind of lifestyle it's you know go out and do these kind of things that others you know of our sort of generation and before that would say you know well that's the kind of life you lead after you retire you go hang out in bali but and you know live and travel and that kind of thing yeah, but- i
1: think it'd be pretty dull just just to go and be somewhere you know i think it would be you yeah, you know, I can see wanting to be active somewhere and do something when mm. you are in that place is much, much more attractive. But you used you referred to kind of not needing to feel that you you've got the roots in a single place, and that was what was occurring to me when you were talking. Is that I know that I'm somebody who likes to be rooted in a sense of home and place and people. Um, and and you know, interestingly enough, we we both work on our own most of the time, but we're both profoundly social people, I think, and we really enjoy connection. Um, and we for my part, I, I really love feeling that like belonging to, to, to a sort of sense of community. And that's something that I can see myself, um, enjoying and being able to spend time with in the future, whatever that looks like. Mm. Um,
0: that's a so new I, thing for me. That is because you know I grew up in a military family, so we mm. moved a lot. So this idea of having roots somewhere, I was always rootless. And every every yeah. three years, it's like move. And then I went to the military, so once again, every mm. three years you uprooted. So it was it was a it was a strange adjustment for me when I finally got out of the military, and then we was in a single place. I'm like you know three years i'm looking for the moving van to be coming so i've had to make that um that kind of adjustment Uh, but it's still in my bones to keep moving like i look at my kids and i think why the hell are you why are you not traveling out and going and but they don't i don't know where they got that from they didn't get it from me they must have got it from ruth but you know they Brittany doesn't really like going abroad. She'll go, but it's not her thing. Mm. You know, Devon doesn't go abroad, really. Um, and I c- can't fathom, I would, at their, if I was their age, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, have Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because be
1: you were talking earlier about wanting to travel all over the world, and, and that, that was definitely part of a, the psyche of, a, of a, a formative experience, I think, for our generation, that part of your transition into adulthood would be the fact that you did go you know you backpacked you interrailed you you went somewhere
0: not but, in the states
1: well not in the states because it's a big yeah. place so you can move well, no, home.
0: yeah we now yeah, we didn't have that my i love your idea of gap being and stuff like that that was yeah. uh yeah. no just thing. not a, thing. Cult- a American kind of thing. you just
1: love working in america yeah Um, (laughs) but yeah and and again it's a feature of privilege in the UK but I think that's become much more mainstream now in in the sense that hopefully I hope that Gen Z feel more liberated to explore experience whatever that looks like and I think we can't underestimate the impact of pandemic in terms of lowering horizons for people and undermining confidence um, generally so I think I think that's something that there's a generation needs to grow through um for some people, of course, they'll just sort of kick, kick off the shackles and run as far as they can as far as they can. but other people will need to learn to engage with the world and um and hopefully they will have that opportunity now um but only I mean, things like brexit, you know it, it it means that um I think my daughter in their back gap year would have would have got a job somewhere in Europe, but that wasn't possible mm. um because getting a visa to do a student job in in Europe now is, is very hard so that, you know, we, these are realities of the times that, that perhaps don't always play, don't, that we don't necessarily think about, we just look on the gen, younger generation and go, well, you're not doing it the same way that we did.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think that they not doing it the same way. I guess it was the mentality, even as a kid, like I just loved being outside. Whereas mm. my kids, mm. Yeah, they got computer games and stuff like that that are really sophisticated. And, you know, yeah, they hmm. – whereas I couldn't stand being in the house. It was like sun comes up, I'm out, man, summertime. Oh, yeah.
1: You I mean, to- I I grew up – my parents bought a house when I was quite young that was a lane off a lane off a lane. So I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So hmm. basically, if I didn't – you know, I I only had going out. Um, as, as You know, I, I couldn't pop to the <laughs> shops. So, you know, I couldn't just – get a bus somewhere none of that. So, so, you know, just b- becoming really rooted in that place um, uh, was, was really you know what I did. And you were mentioning your peripatetic life and I, uh, my mum actually moved from the place uh, that I grew up a couple of years ago. And that was a massive grieving process for me. That was mm. the loss of place. And um, like that, that, that had a, a big impact on me.
0: And by the way, I am a infantry man. So when you start using words over three syllables,
1: you know what, parents. <laughs> so I'm moving constantly yeah, on the move, infantry man.
0: Don't uh, keep it, keep it small words, two <laughs> syllables max. Three syllables, you start losing me. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah I'm definitely this uh, sense of um, uh, place. I think. Well, I know it. When you were saying it, I was just thinking that while I spend a lot of time out, I realize just I think I was thinking about this last week is I spend way too much time indoors now because it, the whole world is in cyberspace, you know, whether I'm training or conversing with people, I me, mean, mostly everything um, is in these computers. And I was wondering, how could I steal my time back from that space is uh, something I want to work on. Um, yeah, but everything I mean, but so it's a it's a two way well, there's a tension for me, because one of the things I love is, is knowledge, and seeking knowledge, just absolutely If that could do nothing else for the rest of my life that's it it's just knowledge for the sake of knowledge i just love it so the internet as a thing is like it's like my dream because i have access to so much knowledge information this any subject that i want to learn about boom i'm in i'm in and i can go deep into it um and so when And I don't know if I mentioned to you, I was, I used the D word a couple of weeks ago, digital detox, which I absolutely hate the idea of that. (laughs) And it's because it's not, you know, I don't need, it's because it would be cut off from the access to info. Right. And I hate the idea of not having a thought about something and boom, I can go in and go down my rabbit hole and that's interesting because
1: it positively irritates me when um kind of sitting at uh dinner or something and somebody sort of says oh well and you know how, what is the population of x you know i know croatia you mentioned just now just apropos of a conversation we're having and somebody will jump instantly on their phone and find out and you you would regard that as a complete no-brainer i regard it as a an interruption in a human dialogue Oh, I want. Definitely. I. I, I put the put the device down. We're being together here, you know. So so you know, look it up in a minute. You know, when we when we finished here, that's that's fine. But I I could so easily live without, um, yeah, without the internet.
0: It's like crack cocaine for me, man. It's like you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I mean. I do have. I got my Kindle and stuff. But that was got you know, hundreds of books on it. Um so yeah, I just I, got it, hundreds
1: of books, Clay. So oh. That's my thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well no, go I'm just in an analogue
1: mindset.
0: No, no, I, no I
1: find I find working digitally, even reading online, I find much more cognitively overwhelming than, yeah. than reading on the page.
0: I like I mean I used to I mean well as you can see I've got you know billions of books, but mostly mm. now I everything I'll buy on the Kindle. Uh, unless they don't have it on the Kindle, I'll get it there just as, again, my affinity for knowledge is huge. So for me, it's like I get to carry a whole library around in my pocket, mm-hmm. uh, which I absolutely love versus, you know, if, if I was only on books, I could only take, you know, a handful of books with me, whereas I've got, I've got loads of books I have with me. And um, and and so yeah I, yeah so the digital detox the big d i was thinking about um doing it but it's just that idea of
1: what was the benefit in it for you
0: what's the benefit well it was it's to. so i didn't have it when i was a kid you know we grew up in a time when there wasn't so mm-hmm. i'm trying to figure out what would life be like? Oh, what, all right, are so you trying to learn? You're trying yeah, to trying learn. To, I'm trying to relearn. What would it be like? And who would I be if I cut myself off from the internet? Um, and almost a reconnection to a side of me that I would have been in the past. I mean, again, again, would I spend more time outdoors, throw a book in my book bag and go outdoors cause I don't have. I mean, I can, but I mean, saying that, you know, I can take my mobile out and be out. And I suppose that's my other side of this thing. I was thinking, you know, what? Um, while I don't have to be a digital nomad living in Bali, I also don't have to work here in this space here and I can work on the move in terms of just using my iPad or, or bring my laptop with me and work from yeah. wherever um, in motion. I've got this, some plans to build. A tree desk didn't know if you've seen one of those no
1: um
0: but it's, it's essentially just a you know like a, like a desk stand but you just strap it to a tree so i can go out <laughs> in the woods i thought it was going to be much
1: more sophisticated <laughs> no. than that okay no, so no, you no. strap a table to a tree it's called a, a tree
0: desk. <laughs> a tree desk yeah you just strap it to the tree and away you go on your laptop working in the woods and, and be on the lookout for i just
1: mentioned earlier comments about the climate
0: did you what about you you
1: you you were telling me earlier that it's gray and cold in this country i'm not sure how compatible that is
0: (laughs) yeah just this is true this is one of my only gripes about the uk is exactly that that when spring and summer comes around i want i don't want to ever see a jumper again Mm. in my life and Mm. not lots of rain but uh, that's that's not Mm. the case um Mm -hmm. here but yeah so anyway I i and I will, I'll try a day. Mm. Um, but it, like, when I go hiking and stuff, I don't really, as I'm in the mountains, So I don't, I'm not, that's kind mm. of a digital detox, so mm. I don't really um, need my devices, although you have things to be taken. From. So I, I remember way, way back when the iPhone first came out, and there was that whole feeling of, um, you know, needing to do post everything in real time. And I remember reading once and it was like, we're so busy documenting a moment that we don't experience the moment. So you're so busy taking pictures of the mountains or the beach or any of that kind of stuff for the place that you are, that you're not actually experiencing it in the moment. Um, And so that changed my habit. When I read that, I was like, you know what, I'll take a picture of it, but I'm not going to process any of these things and try, I don't need to be in real time. You don't need to know. Well, it's not like I'm going. I'm on a war zone reporter and, and reports him back. Yeah, you know, my real time. Disp- I don't. So I was, I stopped doing that and that that made a whole a lot of difference. So it's just taking pictures and then when I get back from the adventures, when um, I sort of process the images and things like things like that. So, so my
1: my kids who are both young adults are absolutely um, on a hair trigger about taking photographs. They they don't want to because they've um i think they feel like they want to live and they've watched what happens if you don't live and you just take photographs and instagram your life you know and they're very conscious of the fact that a digital record is a record mm. um and so you you know there's a lot of data about you know about people you and i um out there that we, we just don't need to generate um and uh so there's a privacy big privacy mindset there that's Possibly quite antithetical to what people expect of that generation, because I think they there's a tendency to think that this is the generation that just sort of uh, puts everything on social media, but not a bit of it. So their their social media will be very confined, and they'll have different identities for different threads, and they'll.
0: Yeah they'll, My kids are like that too. My kids yeah, are that. Yeah, big. yeah,
1: very, very circumspect about mm. sharing
0: stuff. But not me my friend says i'm the oldest millennial he knows
1: <laughs> i think that's probably about right <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah
0: so yeah you know, both mine are probably David even more so than Brittany. He, he rarely in fact i don't think you'll see except for the stuff that we post you won't find anything with that of david yeah. i mean he he is on the like he does a memes and stuff like that the consumption but he doesn't post rarely does he post in fact i can't even think of the last time he actually posted something um uh, mm-hmm. virtually posted a little bit not lots um not in comparison to like me um mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah but then i, I look at it another way i look at it this way when you become you know famous prime minister and all of that right yeah and somebody goes to write your biography man if if you were documenting like all the stuff that you have um available for your documentary your grandkids um imagine all the videos and pictures and your words that they would have access to um if you're in the habit of documenting um yeah
1: that's interesting i i i am delighted to say there'd be very little evidence of my existence i think Mm. in, in some regards some evidence but um um but yeah i don't i I had a phase but i haven't been active on social media for a long time that linkedin is the only thing i do and Mm. that's all business orientated so i don't share my personal life with with the in a digital way
0: yeah i'm in the process of building my my uh ai brain i don't know if i told you that Mm. there's a site called Mm personal.ai it's it's a blank chat cheap it's a, it's a blank GPT um, thing that you fill mm. with your stuff so that mm. um, people can, in, you can interrogate all well, your stuff. Yeah. And
1: so I'm conscious that here I am hobbled by my paper and my books, you know, I'm surrounded by paper here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a really ineffective means of uh, recording thought and, uh, and, uh, you know, being able to access it, obviously. And, um, so when you talk to me about what you're planning to do, it's made, I think, well, it's fantastic. And it actually makes life a lot easier in lots of ways because you've done a lot of thinking and you've done a lot of work that you've forgotten and you've lost in time, you know. Mm. Um, but actually, if you can cre- create that in an accessible way, I can really see the value of, of that for sure. And this is knowledge management in a different way guys in a sense isn't
0: it um yes yeah, so it's a beef definitely beefed up knowledge management and you, know, you could do the same with organizations with these these things as well mm-hmm. now um is that you you know you know things like chat gpt or gpt three four you know they filled it with the world's knowledge but you take that same language model and you fill it with all your stuff um so even like this thing this personal ai thing that i have that once I've got it to the point where everything that I've ever kind of written and done is in there, I can have it talk for me because it knows everything that I know. And you won't know that you're not chatting to me. So you're going to be on WhatsApp (laughs) think you're chatting to clay, but it'll be digital clay speaking to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I had this thing I was going to say, but I just kind of completely lost that train of thought. Um, Oh, I know what it was. Um, what age are you in your head
1: 32
0: 32 all right that's interesting 32 is that tied to experience of being 32 was that the 30s that
1: you're i guess that's the last time that i didn't have children hmm. um um not that i would wish them away but i was 32 and i had my f- first child um which actually as it goes was a pretty traumatic experience so um i just say 32 immediately because it's not tenable to think of myself as being in my 20s even i have got to concede that mm. um but uh it just you know that that kind of idea that your life really is ahead of you that mindset you really you know you've still got to lean into this and go for it that's the mindset that i associate with
0: um yeah i'm still in my 20s my early 20s Are you
1: now, sir? right
0: because well, I was at the height of my power then wasn't I, I had to,
1: yeah yeah I had yeah. the
0: command of you know millions of dollars worth of death and destruction <laughs> you know I was a little you know I had my own little um, yeah yeah fiefdom there with lots of destruction um, and I could wield um, yeah there so now I'm just a regular old civilian I don't have that kind of power anymore
1: yeah. Of life yeah, and death. I <laughs>
0: so, well, I yeah. won't
1: forget you when I'm prime minister.
0: Or I'll remember. Well, I'll, do, I'll, be a, I'll, be, I'll be happy to be like your driver or <laughs> uh, your admin assistant type thing, your pencil sharpness, and she'll still be using paper. Uh, <laughs> Love it. I'll, I'll be that for you.
1: Good.
0: Right okay so any sort of final thoughts you have on this idea of i guess the two things we really talked about is you know this kind of that we're in this 50s range and we've got you know more time behind us than we have ahead of us um and then this idea of sort of retiring
1: yeah um i think in this 50s moment there's a lot to reckon with so I don't yet feel like I'm letting go of my expectation and my um, drive, but it is starting to kind of come into relief. So I'm starting to really see it. So it's it's those, those it, that sense of possibility is beginning to diminish. I'd say, mm. um, and a certain level of urgency. Maybe that's driving the need to be at the desk. Clay, um, so. And also um, a letting go is beginning to dawn. So I did a piece of work yesterday that's on a particular aspect of a particular project, and I don't expect to do that kind of work again. Mm. That's really novel for me, you know, really novel for me, that feeling that, oh, actually, in this case, thank God, I won't have to think about that again. Um, so that's interesting, isn't it? As a thought process.
0: Yeah, no, Absolutely. Yeah, um, I think for me, it is, it's is—it's a similar story in terms of letting go of things, focusing more on the things that matter most to me and kind of letting go of the things that are on the peripheries or nice to do kind of things, um, kind of letting those kind of things go. And I'm having a real... Um, Draw towards reconnecting with um, a part of myself that's shifted into the background to make space for Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that I do now in a sort of digital kind of space, Um, and I want to, I want to shift that balance back. Forward and be a mobile warrior, <laughs> less of a desk jockey <laughs> um, so yes um i'm I'm in that 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 space and mindset, and like you, you know being quicker to say no to the things that I don't want to divert time and energy. Away from because I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. I can't be giving up my time, man. Get off me. Leave me alone. No more. And mm-hmm. then I'm trying to figure out how the hell am I going to read all the books that I want to read? I got 10,000 books that I still have yet to read that I want to read. I'm thinking, dang. I don't have enough time to read all these books. How am I gonna do it? How am I gonna squeeze it in? So mm. um, I've gotten a little bit ridiculous over the last couple of weeks, and I'm almost always reading while I'm cooking, while I'm walking. <laughs> if I got some space and time, it's like <sighs> um yeah. devouring things. But yeah. Um okay, no, um, I've also realized that just now as I'm getting ready to say goodbye that we never said hi and if anyone's <laughs> listening
1: yeah. hello
0: yeah it's like well who the hell are you um so yeah you want to say who you are and find so, a um, way out
1: <laughs> my name's Nicol Jones my friends called me new and um Clay and I have been friends and associates for about 10 years I think now Clay getting on that way. Working together in the learning and development world, um, figuring out good stuff to make other people's lives easier. But we often enjoy really good conversations and we decided that perhaps we'd try and record some of them.
0: Right. So when we're writing our memoirs, I'll make this available to you. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> so who are I'm you, saying, Clay? You can say, Hey, well, this is going on that Soul Cruiser net, so everyone <laughs> will know me okay. from that space there's so some episode like number 350 something or another I wouldn't, um, yeah. so, <laughs> unless you're new if you're new to uh, this podcast and yeah Claylo aka soul cruiser and that's about all you need to know about me <laughs> the rest you can <laughs> find online because <laughs> i live there Cool. Uh on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere you'll find me as Soul Cruiser. Apart from LinkedIn you'll find me as Clay Love, but everywhere else, Soul Cruiser. And that's it. Sweet. Okay, good. Cheers, Clay. Thank you for that.